My name is Annie Grossman, and I'm a dog trainer. I'm the owner and co-founder of School for the Dogs, a dog training center located in Manhattan's East Village. School, school for the dogs, for the dogs. On this podcast, I talk about dog training, interview industry experts, discuss pet trends, answer questions, and try to communicate my love for all things related to behavioral science. Thanks a lot for listening. I think this podcast will help make you the best possible human best friend any dog could ask for. I am recording this Q&A for the podcast. Uh, but I am conducting it on Instagram Live, and um, if you have a question and you would like to put it in the chat, I will try to answer it. Um, however, full disclosure, I have like a huge backload of questions to answer uh, because people do submit questions to me at anniegrossman.com slash ask. Uh, you are welcome to submit a question there, and I will try and answer it. Um, I'm a little embarrassed, though, because uh, I logged in today to look at the question file, and there were a whole bunch of questions <laughs> that have come in because I haven't do it, done a Q&A in a while. So if you asked a question a few months ago and I have not gotten to it, uh, I'm sorry. Um, I will try to be more on top of it. Uh, I squarely placed the blame on my infant daughter. <laughs> she stands in the way of some things, um, but she's actually really wonderful, and I'm mentioning her because I scheduled this Q&A right now at a time where I don't have anyone helping me with her, uh, and so she is right next to me, and she is fast asleep, and I'm hoping she will stay asleep, uh, but she might wake up. In which case, you might end up seeing me giving a bottle to a three-month-old while answering dog training questions. Uh, I'm a modern woman who can do it all. All right. Let's see here. Uh, Two questions here from Chihuahua owners. Um, The first one. Oh, 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 right on cue. She wakes up. Hold on. See if I can... Pacify her with a pacifier. Alright, bought myself another minute now. Perhaps, let's see. Alright. Uh, first question is from Michelle. Hi, Rylan. Hi, Frida. Thanks for being here. Um, actually, let's first do Sadie's question. Sadie has, uh, Sadie has a nine-pound chihuahua who she says uh, was born in 2012. So I guess that makes her... Oh, babies, dogs. My Instagram live is a mess. Here is Marigold. Um, <laughs> Sadie uh, lives in Jackson Heights. Um, she has a, a dog who was born in 2012. So what, that's like a nine-year-old, nine-pound chihuahua. And uh, Sadie writes, we adopted our senior chihuahua this past February, 
and he immediately showed signs of uh, fear aggression towards other dogs. We are very aware of this problem because our last senior adoptee, a toy rat terrier, had the same issue. If we see any other dog while out for a walk in the neighborhood, he goes berserk. I had worked with a trainer with our last dog, so I immediately started the positive reward method. I carry a bag of small treats with me, and as soon as I see that he's seen the other dog, I say yes and give him a treat. I do this a few times as we maneuver away from the other dog, but in our neighborhood, we often turn away from one dog just to run into another one behind us. We've had limited success. We've gone from 10, level 10 Cujo to level 9 Cujo. Uh, some improvement, but not much. And it's such a shame because walking is so stressful when it should be such a joy. Obviously, I will take any and all advice you have to give me, but my specific question is whether it's harder to train small breed dogs. They just seem to be so, so stubborn. So anyone who uh, knows, I guess, what you could call the school for the dogs approach, um, oh, I should say thank you for this question. It's a very good question. Um, uh, anyone who knows the school for a dog's approach, you know, we, we try and avoid using words like stubborn, most positive reinforcement-based dog trainers do, only because um, labeling is not usually super helpful, and I think of something like stubbornness as basically, all right, okay, bottle, bottle is coming into the baby's mouth. <laughs> I think of something as stubbornness as really, um, you know, there's something that the dog wants that is uh, of higher value than whatever it is you are offering. And if you think about it in terms of people, that's kind of what stubbornness is as well, right? You're not, wh what I want is just more important than whatever it is you want me to do. So I like to break down stubbornness, um, thinking about it more that way. Are small dogs harder to train than big dogs? Uh, I mean, my simplest answer would be no. <laughs> um, you know, by and large, dogs are individuals. Some are going to be more difficult in some ways than others. It also depends what we're asking them to do. Um, I have heard the argument that small dogs can sometimes be more dangerous than big dogs um, because uh, people don't think about doing training so much with small dogs or it's easier to think I don't need to train the dog because he's small, he's never going to hurt anyone. And then what can happen is someone has a dog who um, is under-socialized, under-trained, and uh, they're carrying the dog around a lot, which does not allow the dog, especially, you know, especially a very small dog like a chihuahua might spend a lot of time in a bag or whatever. Um, the dog does not have the ability to run away in a situation where the dog is uncomfortable. And that might re result, uh, that might result um, in the dog biting. So where another larger dog on, even a dog on a leash might run away, the small dog who's being held, um, can only protect himself or herself uh, by biting. And um, I think that's one reason why small dogs, um, I think there are more um, reports of small, smaller breed dogs biting actually than larger breed dogs. But overall, no, I don't think that small dogs are harder to train than big dogs. But let's talk more specifically about this question. Uh, if you had asked the question, is it harder to train a dog in 
New York City, in Jackson Heights, where you are, uh, than it is to train a dog who is reactive to other dogs on the street in, I don't know, uh, rural Wyoming, I would say yes. And a lot of what we do at School for the Dogs is help people who have very unique, the very unique problem of trying to train a dog uh, in an urban environment where there are lots of other dogs around and you can't necessarily control what the other dogs are doing, where they're appearing, etc, etc. So I guess my my first suggestion to Sadie, who is in New York City, uh, you're not super close to our location. We're in the East Village in Manhattan. But if you can make your way to us uh, for our Sidewalk Psychos class, I would highly recommend that. Um, we specifically set this class up to help people who are dealing with dogs who are reactive to other dogs on leash in an urban environment where um, you can't necessarily set up trials where you're setting up the dog for, uh, for success um, easily. You know, so many dog trainers in other places in the country are working in, like, parking lots or on... I don't know, soccer fields or places where you can get a lot of distance between one dog and another dog and then uh, slowly shape the dog, the reactive dog, um, to be able to exist in a calm fashion closer and closer to, um, to the other dog. But in New York City, that is quite hard. So um, number one suggestion is <laughs> get yourself to our Sidewalk Psychos class. Go to schoolforthedogs.com slash services uh, to see when the next one is. And I think it is really worth coming. Oh, thanks. Uh, we have Rosella Picks who writes, is writing on Instagram, Sidewalk Psychos is an amazing class. Totally transformed our walking experience. Highly recommend. Thank you for that plug. Um, I do really think it is an amazing class. Um, there are people who uh, I know have taken it several times with their dogs just because they get more and more out of it each time. Um, beyond that, you know, if you had a puppy, my advice might be different, but your dog is already nine years old and it's a chihuahua. So um, not it. I, I, I always <laughs> I don't like saying dogs are it. He or she. I forget. I think I forget your dog. I think is a dog is a she. Anyway, your dog, um, he or she, is uh, very small and pretty old. I might actually suggest that you um, go on walks uh, as rarely as possible and bring your dog in the in a bag when you are going to walk your dog. Bring your dog in a bag, um, assuming uh, that your dog is able to go in a bag, which I think when you have a small dog is a really useful thing to train. Um, bring your dog to a place where there are not a lot of other dogs for walks uh, to start with, and then work on doing some indoor pottying. Um, so you can get a grass patch um, from one of these companies. Doggy Lawn is one. Fresh Patch uh, is another. You can teach your dog to go on wee-wee pads. You could teach your dog to go um, even in like dog litter boxes that they make. Um, but rather than um, right away focusing on how you can improve the behavior as soon as you walk out your door on a busy city street where you can't control whether or not there are going to be other dogs there, I'd suggest trying to reduce your dog's stress level overall by um, doing indoor potty, practicing indoor pottying, um, which is another subject uh, I can send you. I think some podcast episodes I've done on this topic. 
uh, Sadie, um, and focusing on making sure that your outings are as well controlled as possible. Giving treats when you see another dog outside, I think that uh, is a great idea. Um, but if you're you're only seeing a little bit of success with that, uh, I think management of the situation is going to be key. Um, you might also try and give that uh, reward outside as soon as you see another dog, um, even before the other dog, the, your dog sees the other dog. And make sure you know you're using something really, really good, whatever your dog's favorite thing is. Um, it might also be useful to spend some time outside with your dog where you're not actually walking. So bring your dog. Ba baby is back for an encore an encore appearance, um, bring your dog to a place where um, she, again, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting whether your dog is a she. We're going to go, I have to look at the question again. She, he, sorry, <laughs> where he can, um, you know, just be outside with you just doing some fun training. Oh, good burp. That's going to sound great on the podcast, Marigold. Nice job. Uh, isn't this fun, guys? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, you know, just go go to the park. Go somewhere where you can do some fun training with your dog so that your dog can have some good outside experiences without other dogs around. Also might be helpful. Um, I don't know how your dog does with other dogs off-leash, but it might be helpful uh, to try and um, do uh, some like off-leash time with your dog and another dog in a safe environment, maybe your apartment, um, so that your dog can have some, even if it's just existing in the same room, they don't even necessarily need to be playing, but um, I'm curious how your dog would be with other dogs if both of those dogs are off-leash. Okay, um, I hope that is helpful. Again, I suggest coming to um, School for the Dogs uh, Sadie, if you can make it. All right. Another question here uh, about a Chihuahua. Chihuahua is named Prissy. Um, this question comes from Andrea, who lives in Flower Mound, Texas. Uh, Prissy is a ten, ten pound. Oh, a, a Chihuahua uh, dachshund mix, a Chihuini. Um, also, uh, roughly nine years old. Um, Andrea says, my fiance and I have a rescue dog named Prissy. We had her for about three years before getting a puppy last March. The puppy is a Chihuahua mix and is about half a Prissy size. Uh, her name is Dora and she is full of energy, where Prissy is very calm, nervous, and docile. Up until we got Dora, Prissy's favorite place was the backyard. She would explore as long as we would let her and pee and poop since we since we got Dora. Since we got Dora, she uh sorry. Since we got Dora, she has ex increasingly started not wanting to go in the backyard to explore, and now she is avoiding peeing and pooping anywhere but on the deck. She wants nothing to do with going in the grass and is holding it and even going inside to avoid going uh, in the yard. She will go potty on walks like she always has, but if she pees or poops in our yard at all now, it's on the deck, 
which is not ideal. We also have to spend 10 minutes at least out in the backyard with her before she will even do that. We were wondering if she doesn't like Dora sent in the yard because she goes there too. If so, what can we do? Any help you could provide would be amazing. Thank you, Andrea. Okay, thank you for the question, Andrea. Um, so a few things. I'm wondering how Prissy does on walks. Um, I don't know if that would be possible, if she would be better or worse on walks. But as someone who lives in New York City and works with people in New York City, <laughs> that's one of my first thoughts is uh, maybe walking the dog would be a good idea. Um, you know, it's funny. It's funny getting questions from people in other areas where walking a dog is not uh, the obvious first thing to do. Anyway, that could help, might not help. But before um, before blaming um, the appearance of the other dog uh, for Prissy's behavior issues here, which um, I'm, I'm not saying uh, Dora shouldn't be blamed. She might. She might. <laughs> you might need to blame her. I'll talk more about that in a second. But before, um, before uh, blaming Dora, you might um, want to get Percy checked out by your vet. You know, it's possible that it's coincidental that Dora's arrival and Percy's change in behavior um, have coincided in time. It might have nothing to do with Dora. Um, and to that end, uh, it might also be useful to experiment a little bit with having Dora not be around. Listen, you, we talked about your behavior during this IG Live slash podcast, and um, maybe she just wants to be a part of things. There we go. Um, so perhaps um, see if you can, um, if, you, if Prissy maybe has, I'm sorry, if Dora has an auntie or an uncle who could watch her for a week or so, I would experiment in that way. See how um, Prissy does uh, if Dora's not around for a week or two. I mean, you, I guess you could also try putting um, Dora in a crate when Prissy is outside, but um, I wonder, and I, I, all I know is what you wrote me here, so uh, this is just a guess, but I wonder if Dora sounds like she's a much more high-energy dog, if she is kind of going after Prissy when they are outside together, and if that is keeping um, Prissy from wanting to be outside. Um, how does she do if Dora is not allowed outside when Prissy is outside? Um, if you have one dog is, who is a super high energy dog and another who is calm and nervous and docile, as you said, I mean, hey, it's totally possible that Prissy is stressed out by having Dora around. So um, I, think, I think before suggesting any other... Um, any, any specific training protocol, I would say you need a little bit more information and you need to see how uh, Prissy is when Dora isn't around. Because, and you know, it's, it's, never, it's never a fun and easy thing to suggest, but sometimes when you have two dogs together, uh, you know, one of those dogs is not the right thing for the other dog. And one of those dogs, um, you know, might be happier without the other dog around. Now, can you do some training maybe to see if you can help their relationship improve? Certainly. But, um, yeah, I think my suggestion would be to get a little bit more information first, see if maybe Dora can be sent on a nice a nice vacation with a friend and, uh, and then get back to me because I'd like to know how Prissy's behavior improves. Um, and... 
Um, to be clear, I can't think of a whole lot of situations where I've suggested that before, but um, so um, for what it's worth. Uh, but I do think that is my, my, um, my first thought here is to uh, see if the problem uh, has to do with Dora or not. Like I said, it also could be something completely, completely unrelated. Okay, another uh, peeing, pooping outside question. This one comes from Mark, who has a corgi named Pete uh, and lives in Asheville, North Carolina. Mark writes, Pete is completely house trained. We have a fenced yard, but he won't relieve himself unless he's on a leash and you are with him, even after being crated all night. Oh, gosh. I mean, then, I don't know, uh, bring him out into the yard on a leash and be with him? <laughs> if, that's, if that's what the dog's needs. Um, again, this, this is a question that's like, as a New York City dog owner and dog trainer, seems funny to me. Like... You know what? My my dog only pees and poops when I'm uh, out and with her on a leash, right? Um, there are worse problems, but I suppose if um, if you want to train a behavior where you can just let the dog go out into the yard and the dog is going to go without you having to be involved, um, like anything else, you can kind of shape that behavior. So start out by bringing the dog out, being with the dog, having the dog on leash, but maybe not holding the leash. Or try going outside with the dog, um, but don't have a leash at all. See what happens there. Try being outside with the dog, but uh, a little bit farther away from the dog than you normally are. You know, you said even after being crated all night, because, you know, usually dogs do have to pee and poop when they're crated all night. If we control so much about our dog's lives. If the only opportunity he has to relieve himself is when he is outside and he is not uh, leashed and you are not with him, then he is probably um, eventually going to go. Um, but you can make the whole, the whole situation more comfortable for him, like I said, by kind of incrementally changing the situation. Um, by and large, uh, especially when people have uh, yards and like puppies, um, I think it's a good thing to go out with the dog, uh, especially in the beginning, so that you can be there to reward the dog when the dog goes. Too often people let the dog out and then reward the dog um, when they come back inside, but you want to be there with a treat the moment the dog pees or poops um, and you can also give a cue word the moment your dog pees and poops we have a really nice um, uh, little ebook on this that you can grab uh, if you go to schoolforthedogs.com slash house it goes over house training but also putting pottying on cue so uh, and also again wonder what this dog does when on a walk um, just just curious um, <clears throat> all right, last question of the day uh, is from Michelle, who has a Bernadoodle, who's about a year old, Bernadoodle named Cap. Michelle is in Toledo, Ohio, and Michelle writes, uh, first of all, thank you for your previous advice on Instagram. It has worked for keeping my dog out of the kitchen when I'm cooking. I can't seem to keep him, oh, I, yeah, uh, she, 
she messaged us on Instagram, and I believe I sent her a podcast episode um, on uh, on counter surfing and jumping, which um, for the podcast version of this Q&A, I will put it in the uh, show notes. Oh, Bailey just joined. Hi, Bailey and David and Julie. Say hi. Say hi. Um, hi. <laughs> um, however, uh, Michelle writes, I cannot seem to keep him from jumping up on people when he greets them. I use the command off and have guests lift their leg up to protect themselves, but it's at the point that I'm embarrassed to have people over. I've also tried having them bend over to greet him so he doesn't have to jump up to say hi, but as soon as they try to stand, he jumps on them. I've tried sending him to his crate until he's calmer, but he's still so excited to meet people. Unfortunately, uh, it's really just me available to train him, and I don't have a lot of time to practice with another person. Someone suggested more leash training and then having him on a leash when people come over. Any advice is greatly appreciated. Thank you in advance. Okay, so let's get real. My dog jumps on people, and as a dog trainer, uh, it is pretty embarrassing, and um, it is something that does take time, and it does uh, to work on, um, but it also takes some coordination. So... um, and, you know, it also, I, I should say, my dog jumps on people, and it's it's something that I want to work on. It's hard because of, like like uh, Michelle said, it takes time. And right now, you know, I'm running a small business. I have two kids. And in order to keep her from jumping people on people, one of the things that I've done is keep her in a crate when people are coming over. Now, jumping is not an inherently bad thing. Especially if you have a smaller dog. If you have a bigger dog, it really can be dangerous. Um, If you have a smaller dog, you know, the reason dogs are jumping, it's excitement, but also they want to smell your crotch. They want to smell your butt. They want to smell your mouth. That's how dogs greet each other. So going down to the dog to greet the dog down on their level um, rather than bending over, I think is a smart idea. Um, But something else that I've done with my dog um, when I'm on top of things, and again, it can be, I, I, Having two kids now in a small business, I right on cue. I empathize. I empathize with my clients more than ever before. You know, I used to live alone with my dog. I had plenty of time to train my dog, and um, <clears throat> but now, um, you know, t- time is much more limited. And um, so, yeah, empathy for you, Michelle. But what what you can also do. <sighs> is um, keep some treats like outside of your door or on your door. Um, Outside is even better if you know people are going to come over. Sorry. If you know people are going to come over and have them um, throw the treats when they (laughs) come inside. Now, I know that uh, that sounds sort of simplistic, um, but I think that sometimes throwing treats on the ground is a good way to change behaviors with dogs. And um, uh, if you can't set up the situations, you can at least keep treats outside. And you can have the person throw the treats. Again, I, better that your dog be in the crate and you let the dog out of the crate when your dog is chill 
than waiting for your dog to be excited and then putting the dog in the crate, letting your dog chill out in the crate. Have have people go greet the dog in the crate. You can do like hand touches and stuff in the crate that your dog likes. When your dog is out, you can have them toss treats like on a bed. That's something that I have been working on doing with my dog Poppy is rewarding her in a specific spot in the room. Now you can also, again, work like think about shaping this behavior the behavior of the dog being calm when people come over you can do this even without having setups uh, at first with other people you can shape the dog to be calm on the bed just with you hanging out with the dog and then uh, up the ante a little bit try walking around the room while your dog is calm on the bed try walking to the door while the dog is calm on the bed. Are they sitting on the bed, lying down on the bed? I don't really care. As long as they're on that bed, they are not also jumping up on people coming to the door. And uh, work up till you can go to the door and open the door and close the door. And uh, when that is easy, it's gonna be easier to start introducing other people into the equation, maybe doing some setups, having a neighbor come over at a time when you can predict. That's something else that I have found really hard lately with my dog and the craziness of my household is um, predicting when things are going to happen. Um, but again, it's another reason to use a crate. Make sure your dog is really comfortable in the crate so that the dog can be in the crate in situations when you're not able to control all of the variables. Okay. Thank you everyone for being here. Thank you for putting up with um, me trying to be a mommy at the same time as answering dog training questions. I will end this Q&A with just a little bit of, of three-month-old cuteness here. This is my daughter Marigold, <coughs> who um, is sweet and wonderful, and <coughs> and um, this is her first. This was her first Instagram live. <laughs> Um, if you have a question, like I said, I will try and answer it in a timely fashion. You can submit it at anniegrossman.com slash ask. You can also leave a voicemail at 917-414-2625. Um, make sure to check out School for the Dogs podcast where I will be posting this. You can also follow me on Instagram on my own account, uh, which is annie.grossman. All right. Say bye. Say bye, Marigold. Bye. School, school for the dogs. For the Thank dogs. you so much for listening. And special school, thanks to Bill and Lizzie of Toast Garden for the amazing the theme song. You can find dogs. Toast Garden at youtube.com slash toastgarden. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping at storeforthedogs.com. And you can learn more about us at schoolforthedogs.com. You can also connect with other listeners by downloading our brand new app. Just visit schoolforthedogs.com community.